Well, joining me now on the phone is Illinois House Republican Leader Jim Durkin of Western Springs. And Leader Durkin, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Uh, Rick, it's great to be on in the evening as opposed uh, to the Sunday mornings. <laughs> and uh, I imagine there'll be other fans who are going to be excited about the Billy Goat opening up at 9 a.m. on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, but it's showtime. I got. I can't make it there. I, it, that would have worked out in the old times pretty well. But, I said uh, other fans. Other <laughs> fans of other things. Understood. <laughs> other Understood. And yes, I'm sure you appreciate this time slot because you don't have to worry about dodging Chicago Marathon traffic or anything like that. I, I, I recall that day. That was a uh, so I was do I. The, uh, the River North area trying to find a parking spot. So uh, anyway, no, it's great, great to be on your show, and uh, we'll, we'll get in the studio again. Well, we've got uh, we've got a bunch to talk about, and and, and most notably, sure. I think, and and something I think in some respects because of all of the news of the week was the the the, the governor's budget message, and. Yes. Uh, a $42 billion spending plan uh, that's contingent upon uh, voter approval in November of a graduated rate income tax to replace the current constitutionally mandated flat rate tax. And I think, quite frankly, this is the issue uh, when it comes to November. Uh, after we get past the primary, uh, this will be probably one of the biggest battles I think we've ever seen on a basically a referenda question. Uh, Agreed. Republicans are, are uniformly op- opposed to this change, but they also don't like the fact of how the governor laid out his budget, where he said, if we get this passed, we'll have $1.4 billion in new revenue, more money for schools, more money for municipalities. I, I get the feeling that it, it's it, you're basically saying, uh, as Republicans, that this is this is kind of a, a, a false choice. Um, I agree. Uh, the governor's budget address was concerning uh, on many levels. Uh, one, um, we don't need any additional revenues in the state. We were able to negotiate a bipartisan balanced budget last May. No one is complaining about services in the state of Illinois. People are actually rather happy. And for the governor to say that, well, I'm going to have to increase spending to justify the graduated tax being adopted is just wrong. We're in a good place right now. We should talk about exercising austerity and uh, being fair with taxpayers. But I think the governor dangling that uh, in the graduated tax in front of uh, Illinois and saying that if you don't pass this, well, if it doesn't pass, I'm going to have to make all these cuts to education and, and health care. And I, 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 I didn't appreciate that tenor. Um, there's a better way of going about this. He will be the governor for the next few more years. But we are in a better place than we have been in a long time. We are looking at a uh, uh, we're looking at almost a billion dollars of, of new revenues coming in this year because of the national economy. We're, we just don't need to raise taxes, and I, I just don't understand the the logic of it. So, just, well, I do understand the logic. This is just to fulfill a campaign promise. So, when he says, for example, that. Uh, under the new evidence-based funding formula for schools, which was a historic achievement and, quite frankly, occurred under the previous governor. I, I, I was there for it. I was part of the negotiation on that, yeah. So when he says 
that he can't make that that three hundred and fifty million dollar payment without the without passage of the graduated rate tax. Are you saying it can be made? Yes, we have natural revenue growth in the states, uh, which is going to be able to support that uh, additional investment. Which I agree that we are going to meet that. That was the deal that we made two years ago. We're in a place economically in Illinois where we will be able to maintain the services that we currently have, and I believe we will be able to see additional revenues that will be able to meet the evidence-based funding requirement under the statute. This is all a matter of negotiation, Rick. You know, we, we, we you can take the eraser out. We, we do a lot of that, but the fact is we can get this thing done. Uh, I feel very confident that if we replicate the model that we used last year, allow Republicans at the table, uh, you know, allow our, our budgeteers to, to compromise and work with the Democrats. I mean, that's how you get it done. So, I, 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 again, I don't accept the premise. I don't accept, I don't accept the math that the governor is using in, used in his budget address the other day. You say we're in a good place right now. Of course, good being relative to where we have good been in, in the past. Then we, I, 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 thank you for clarifying that. We're in a we're in a good place. We're in a better place than we have been over the last four years. But, we don't need to go. We we spent a lot of money last year, and I know that and some of the you know the bond buyer and a few other rating agencies said they're concerned about additional spending on the state budget. When the governor's not going to touch pensions either, so we should be doing other things to help the state instead of just saying, you know what, let's spend more so I can fulfill a campaign promise. But when it comes to we we still are in a deep hole. We still have. A, a backlog of seven billion dollars in unpaid bills. Correct. We've got the near hundred and forty billion dollar unfunded pension liability. Correct. Um, and, and the the governor has touched on how, with a graduated rate tax, that there would be he he would put in an extra hundred million above and beyond the required pension payment, and in subsequent years that that number would double. Um, I mean, but, but what's, Rick, what, what's, what's really concerning about that, he, the governor has said, you know, we're going to make our pension payment. For crying out loud, we, the state of Illinois' single largest expense within, within a few years will be our public pensions. It'll outseat health care and it'll outseat K-12. through I believe it's a 20% now and, and projected to get to 25%. Exactly. And I did not hear one word about let's pull up, let's let's roll up our sleeves. Let's see what we can do with our five pension systems. This should not be a state that is known for making pension payments, being being bold with making pension payments. You know, the governor's the one who said, you know, think big. Let's think about big about the pensions and how we're going to be able to fix that that monstrosity that is weighing down Illinois' Not only our, our finances and how we budget, but also the way in which we are viewed by the rating agencies. It is a monstrosity. It, it, everybody knows it, um, and and it always is a, a topic ripe for discussion because there are those who believe that a constitutional amendment would be a magic bullet. Uh, I, I'm one of those who, looking at law, but you're an attorney may may see that differently. But I don't I don't see how that happens. But I want to uh, talk to you more about this issue of, of 
pensions, uh, what can be done, and, and will there be an alternative Republican budget? We're speaking with Illinois House Republican leader Jim Durkin. I'm Rick Pearson. This is your Sunday Spin. Now back to the Tribune's Rick Pearson. It's the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson with the Chicago Tribune here on the Sunday evening in the WGN Skyline studio. Joined on the phone by Illinois House Republican Leader Jim Durkin of Western Springs. We're talking about last week's uh, proposed budget for the fiscal year uh, that starts July 1st that was offered by Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker. And um, I I wanted to touch on that pension issue a a bit more. In his budget address, uh, Pritzker said that trying to do a constitutional amendment that would somehow... Uh, rollback pensions uh, would be basically a fantasy. Uh, are you? Do you share that opinion? No, I don't. Um, you know, we're in a dire situation with our public pension pension systems, and to just outright say that you know we can't go to the Constitution or change it because the U.S. Constitution will overrule the state Constitution if it's amended under the Contracts Clause. Uh, we have to do everything within our power to, uh, to 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 fix these, not change, but fix these systems to save the systems for current state employees and also current uh, pensioners for the state. Uh, these systems do have a finite amount of money, and unless they are reformed, there will be the the, the systems will have more liabilities and assets in there. And then the question is, how do you make your payments? So what I do know is that there needs to be a political will to make something dramatically done with our pension systems, whether it's going to be back to make another run at the current constitutional clause that uh, uh, that we, we, we've had trouble with the last time we, we passed a pension bill, or since the governor believes in the referendum process and leaving it to the citizens of Illinois, as he has said, with respect to the tax code, he should be consistent and get behind an effort to change the Constitution for our pensions, pensions which will state that they, that they can be modified. Now, it's, I've heard the whole thing in the story, you know, from the experts over there. You know, well, if we, if we change a Constitution, you know, the Contracts Clause under the U.S. Constitution is going to negate it. But uh, common law contracts allow for modification of contracts. Uh, and there's a there's plenty of authority going back hundreds and hundreds of years, which speak to the ability for contracts to be modified under certain circumstances. So uh, I don't have all the research in front of me. But I, no, and I don't want to. I don't want to go too far into the weeds on this, but certainly it, it is a topic that you know people need to know about. And and one of the things in the Illinois Supreme Court decision that overturned the uh, pension changes law that was passed a few years ago they basically one of the arguments in the in the in the contracts clause issue is well if the state is so destitute that you know these pensions are in jeopardy uh you know their modification could be accepted but that was kind of the argument that the illinois supreme court tossed aside in ruling on that last pension issue. And that was just the Illinois Supreme Court. Sure. That was five years ago. Um, it doesn't mean that bright minds can't come back with another attempt to uh, reform our public 
a good idea a few years ago. Uh, and I think that we still should consider that a consideration model that he was talking about, which he felt very confident that it would be upheld by the Supreme Court. So there are options that we can explore, but to suggest that, you know what, we're just, we, we, it's like the governor talking about his budget uh, and his hypothetical revenues that he's, uh, he's putting into the budget and putting into the budget. He's dealing, he's talking about hypothetical scenarios and our pensions. How about dealing with the issue at hand? Let the courts make a decision. Let the people of the state of Illinois make a decision. People in Illinois are waking up to the pension tsunami that has already struck the beachhead. That, are t- that is taking over state of Illinois resources, taking over Illinois taxpayers' investments every April. Do the job. Get the job done. But in this political climate that exists, and given how public employees and public employees' unions are traditional allies of Democrats and we have one-party rule of Springfield, that atmosphere doesn't exist. Well, I don't know. I think the governor should think long and hard about hitching his wagon to the current Democrats who are uh, composed of legislature. Nearly uh, a significant amount of them in, uh, who are being eyed by the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI and the IRS for corruption. This governor wants to be the, an independent mind, a person that is above politics. So he can do what I believe is the right thing to do and to tell and be a leader that's what the governors do. They lead. Tell them that we're going to get this done, and this is my plan. And this is a way for us to uh, do our best, the best we can to salvage this system for people who have made their payments into the system that saves their, 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 their pension, that saves their defined benefit, and also that for the current employees. So is there a way? I think that, 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 go, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rick. Well, I was going to say, so I want to move back to the budget quickly. Is there a way Republicans can actually engage in negotiations with Democrats on this budget, given yeah. that, 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 I mean, at, at this time, given how there is that, quote, well, there's the, the, the carrot of, uh, of, for Democrats of the more money from the, uh, from the graduated tax? Well, you know, the graduated tax, I, I just believe that if, we, if it does pass, you're going to see within a few years afterwards continuing adjustments on the rates because the high wealth earners, the ones in which the governor is claiming that most of the revenue will come from, will leave. Plain and simple. So there is an opportunity to negotiate this budget. The Democrats just have to open the door to us and talk to us about what we can do to find a way to balance the budget with no new taxes or any new any tax increases. Very quickly. did it last year. Very quickly. I got, it seems like an easy, yeah. Very quickly, I want to switch subjects. Something I talked to you, something for a story that uh, should be in Monday's Tribune, uh, the commutation of Rod Blagojevich by Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, what does that mean for Republicans in this state who are, like you just sounded, the alarm about Democrats that are under these federal investigations? It is a distraction. It is a distraction for the president to say that, um, well, he served enough of his sentence. Um, I, I really, I, I was there for the impeachment. I know what he was convicted of, and I know what the courts at every level said about the veracity of the convictions. 
specifically shaking down Children's Memorial Hospital, shaking down a racetrack owner. It was very clear. There are more deserving men and women in the Bureau of Prisons who don't have the celebrity of Rod Blagojevich, who have heavy sentences. Probably a lot of it may be for white collar or nonviolent crimes that do not get the sympathy of this president. But I'm dealing with a, an election, election cycle where there clearly is a uh, there's a lot of warts on the Democrats' chins in Illinois because of the investigations. You have two Democrats who are currently three Democrats, two senators, and one in the House who've been indicted for for charges related to corruption. And I think it's wide open after that. Leader. And there's more to come. Leader, I'm sorry I'm going to have to hold you there. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the Sunday Spin. I appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll uh, have you back. And uh, thank you so much for being my guest. We also want to say thanks for listening this evening. And you can be sure that Rod Blagojevich will never be a guest on the Sunday Spin. So. I, I think I think I've made that pretty clear in all of my social yeah, media. He needs to go away. He needs to just go away and enjoy his life and his family. It's, it's, enjoy his good luck. Second the motion. This is all WGN. Right.